Hello everyone, this is a Person Synthesis podcast. Today with me is Dr. Nesh Popovic, creator of Personal Synthesis. Hello Nesh, how are you? I'm well. It's nice weather here in London. This always affects our mood. And that's what we are going to talk about today. Not the weather, but about our moods. How are you? Very well, thank you. But uh, over here in Belgrade is a little bit cloudy and a little bit rainy. Is that like your mood? (laughs) (laughs) No, my mood is okay. My mood is okay. Your your mood is better than the weather. Better than the weather, but sometimes weather can affect my mood. I can admit that. We mentioned our today's subject. What I want to start with is what are the moods exactly and why moods matter? Moods are overall state of your mind. We very often confuse moods and emotional reactions. So in order to explain the difference between these two, I often use metaphors. We can compare your emotional reactions to, let's say, a river. Mood is more like a lake. So river is fast and has a clear direction, while your mood is more like an overarching state of your mind. It doesn't have a clear direction, but it affects every part of yourself. So you can think about your emotional reaction as a river and your mood as a lake or even a sea. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yes, yes. One is flowing, another is static. That's right. So emotional reactions are usually stronger and they flow in a particular direction, while moods are more, as you said, more kind of static or very slow, and they affect every aspect of our lives. Now you answered my second question, why moods matter? Because they affect every part of our life. But uh, I want to ask you if good moods have positive effect on our mental and psychological health, work, relationship. But how some unpleasant moods can be useful for us? In personal synthesis, we tend to avoid using terms positive or negative moods because sometimes so-called negative moods actually can be useful. And by same token, some pleasant moods may not be very constructive. An example of that would be that the unpleasant moods, like sometimes you feel down, can bring you closer to yourself. We are far more prepared to engage, to look inside when we are not in a particularly good mood. We are more reflective, and that can initiate some constructive changes. By the same token, some pleasant mood may make you feel cocky and may make you feel disconnected sometimes from other people. So it's probably 
not good idea to talk about positive and negative moods because they all have place in our lives. Uh, but uh, uh, ignoring your current mood or running away from the our mood is uh, how could I say sometimes uh, maybe tempting, but it doesn't do the trick. Am I right? You're right. You're very much right about that. It's so appealing to try to escape your bad mood, but that's very difficult because moods are part of yourself. Wherever you run, they come with you. A quite common way of dealing with bad moods is to take a drink or even drugs, but that has very short-term effect. And what we know, if you drink or take drugs for that purpose to feel better, you indeed may feel better for a short while, but you pay the price when the effects uh, wear off. You usually feel worse after that. I know that you don't drink, so what do you do when you feel a bit down, when you feel in a bad mood? That is a very good question. <laughs> As I was younger, I tried to run away from the bad moods, like you said. I went to the parties or something like that. But now, when I'm older, I have uh, one thing that I always do. And sometimes it really helps me. I'm trying to find some positive thing and to go towards that thing. And that usually helps me personally. Can you give us an example of that positive thing that can help you? Yes, of course. It comes to my mind very spontaneous sometimes. I start to think about girl I love. Mm. Uh, or I call her and she changed my mood instantly. Or something else or something that I'm looking forward like a good game. It doesn't have to be some big thing. Right, right. And they always change your mood for the better? Yes, That's a really interesting and quite important thing to know. And I'm glad to hear that it happens spontaneously with you and that uh, these positive thoughts can be successful in changing your mood. And this is indeed a very often a spontaneous thing. We don't even need to do anything about that. This is because our brain has a natural tendency to moderate our moods. You may have noticed that if you are in a very good mood, you have in the background some kind of a reality check of thoughts and feelings. So you're in a very good mood, but part of you is telling you, mm, be careful, something may go wrong. The same happens when we are in a bad mood. Some silver lining thoughts and feelings may spontaneously appear, as you described. Things go wrong when these secondary mental processes amplify rather than moderate our moods. An extreme example would be bipolar condition. This is often consciously initiated at the beginning. We want to intensify our immediate states of mind, and then it goes out of control. So the trick here is to resist the temptation to make things even better. When you feel in good mood, don't try to push it. Let's that state of mind develop 
spontaneously. So the same applies when you are in a bad mood. Just make sure that you don't make it worse and let the mind moderate and balance itself spontaneously by bringing some positive thoughts and feelings. Can I ask you next uh, how to affect mild bad moods? We already discussed that in some ways. You just do nothing. Just let your mind do the job for you. Uh, But uh, if, if it doesn't work... There are few things that you can do for mild and uh, transient moods that don't have some deep cause. You can yeah. use your imagination. At the beginning of this session, we mentioned the weather, and you said that the weather affects your mood. That's true. And yeah. we can actually utilize that in this particular way. If I ask you, if your mood was a weather, how would it look like? Describe me the weather that would represent your mood. Go on, tell me whatever your mood is now, how would it look like? My mood as a weather, uh, cloudy with sunshine. (laughs) Cloudy with sunshine. Okay, okay. Yeah. That's good. And once you imagine your mood as, as the weather, now you can try to do something about that. You can try to change that image and hopefully your mood would change too. So you can slowly, very slowly, that's crucial thing. If you do that very fast, it won't happen. You can very slowly change that image of partly clouded day to fully sunny day. So you can imagine that clouds are moving away the sky is getting clear, you can hear birds singing, sun shining, and so on. And that should slowly bring the change in your mood too. The other things that we can do, so you can do something that is entertaining or find something interesting to do, particularly something that will give you a sense of progress and achievement. This is a very good way to change your mood. You can socialize, although socializing can go in either direction. It can spoil our mood sometimes. So we have to be careful who we socialize with. (laughs) But but one thing that is very interesting, and there is a lot of um, evidence, empirical evidence, that it can help improve our mood is helping others. Even if you are in a bad mood and you go and your neighbor comes and say, can you please help me with this and that? And you go and do that for them. You may notice that you will feel a little bit better after that. So doing something for others is one of the best mood changes. Thank you, Nash. This was very helpful and interesting. I want to ask you, how can we affect uh, those intense or prolonged bad moods? This is a very different ballgame than transient bad moods that we may experience every day or every few days, but they come and go. Now, sometimes we may have um, periods of uh, very long uh, and very intense bad moods. The first thing that you need to do about that, if you are in that state of mind, 
is to become aware of your mood. Obviously, without that, there is nothing you can do. Then the next step is to acknowledge that mood. We tend to fight them. We try to push them away or fight them. But very often, we lose that fight. Very often, this doesn't produce good results because it creates an internal conflict within us. Part of us is fighting another part of ourselves. And this is why one of the good approaches to counseling and psychotherapy, ACT, Acceptance and Commitment Therapy, has a very different approach. Uh, those therapists are saying you first need to accept, to acknowledge the state of mind. Just sit with that for a while, observe it, learn about it before you do anything to change it. The first thing that we need to learn is about its cause, where it's coming from, why we feel in that way. Surprisingly, a lot of people have no idea. And that's because many factors can affect our mood, physiological, environmental factors like crowd, noise, ambience, or some something bad happened to you, or social factors, relationships, or our own thoughts, habits, and behavior. And this is something that is very difficult to figure out. And we would advise, if you can't do it on your own, you may want to find a professional help, uh, somebody to talk to you about these things who can help you to get to the bottom of what is behind your mood. You can also try the following exercise. Imagine your life. It doesn't matter if that life is realistic or not. It could be complete fantasy. But imagine your life in which your mood vanishes. So let's say you feel down. You feel unhappy. You don't know why. So imagine a life in which that mood will disappear. Now compare that life with your life as it is now. The difference will tell you why you feel the way you feel. Mm -hmm. I can give you an example of a client of mine who was in quite prolonged bad mood. And we did that exercise together. And she imagined a life in which pets never die. She was very attached to her cat. And her cat died. That was some time ago, but her mood persisted. And her mood persisted because she simply didn't want to accept the impermanence of life, that, that life is, you know, that not even pets live together. Yeah. So once we worked on accepting that impermanence, her mood lifted. So that is a story about, uh, oh, how can I say, uh, awareness and acceptance. Awareness, acceptance, and then trying to find what is behind your mood, trying to find causes. Yeah. And then also, you need to do some detective work. Your mood is influenced to some extent by the way you think. 
So you can affect your bad moods by recognizing beliefs and thoughts that support it. So, for example, you may have thoughts, oh, I wish to be an influencer. <laughs> I will never find somebody to love me. Or I'm good for nothing. To yeah. change them, you can reduce your expectations and be more accepting and positive of yourself and your situation. This is something that you already mentioned. So it's about changing your thinking in order to change your moods. Yeah. And the last but not least thing, very important, is try to find sense of meaning and hope. They can have profound effect on even a long-lasting bad mood. Some people define depression as the state of mind where you lost sense of meaning and hope. Why bother? Why to get up at all in the morning? Finding meaning and hope can be really important. Now I want to talk to you about how to create desirable state of mind because sometimes just get reading of an unwanted mood is not enough. Yeah, certainly. <laughs> certainly, it, it's not enough. We don't want to be at some kind of zero point all the time. We also want to be able to do something about moving from not just minus five to zero, but from zero to plus five in a way. No. And there are a few things that we can do in that respect too. Obviously, our thoughts and feelings and body posture and behavior all affect our moods. So if you want to be, for example, in more confident state of mind, ask yourself what you would think or do if you were already there. So you say, okay, I want to feel more confident, more strong, more resilient, something like that. So if I were already in that state of mind, what I would think now? What would be my body posture? What would I feel? And I try to think and feel and behave in that way. And that will hopefully bring that mood that you want. You can also think about a particular situation in which you were confident, let's say, or you were in the state of mind you want to be. Let's say maybe while you're cooking your favorite dish, something that puts you in a good mood and then try to bring that feeling, that sense of that mood to uh, to the present moment. The other thick quirk of our psychology is that we tend to focus on negative things and that has survival value. This is not an accident. If you think about that, we spend most of the time thinking about how to resolve problems, how to deal with certain issues and focusing on things that are wrong. I remember when I was a child, I was very much thinking in that way. I need to focus on things that are not right. Good things will take care of themselves. And I think I wasn't al alone thinking in that way. Me too. You too, yeah. Yes. <laughs> and probably many other people. However, long term, that can actually put us in kind of um, mild but persistent bad mood. Because obviously, if you're focusing on issues and problems all, all the time, 
not surprisingly, that would affect your mood. So positive psychology came up with an exercise to balance these things. This is called three good things. So before going to sleep, think of or write down three good things that have happened that day. Bobby, can you tell me three good things that happened to you today? Oh, three good things. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) It's a hard question. It's hard, extremely hard question. I don't know why. <laughs> and, and yet, if you look closely, I guarantee you that we can find more than three good things. Are you breathing now? Yes. Is it good that you're breathing? Yes, that's a positive thing. <laughs> that's one good thing. <laughs> that's only one, one good thing. But there are many more things like having a good laugh while we are recording this session. That's another, yeah. at least that's for me, a good thing. In this session, that's a good yeah. thing. I love recordings and this discussion of ours, if I can say <laughs> Right, me too, me too. Did anybody smile at you? this morning or did you smile to anybody this morning no, oh, my so that's also a good thing my girlfriend uh, your girlfriend she, she okay. made my day <laughs> she made yeah, your every day, day. <laughs> so 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 that's a good thing too so you can see when we pay attention there are actually a lot of good things that are happening every day to us but we take them for granted so what i want to suggest before going to bed write down and think of three good things that happened to you in that day for a week, but not longer. The research shows if you do this intervention for a week, the effects can last up to six months. But if you do it for longer, interestingly enough, the effects go down. And that's because we make a routine out of that, empty routine that doesn't carry those good feelings and so on. So that's one thing that we can try to build a more pleasant, good, constructive states of mind. Yeah, because neutral is not uh, good enough. And that's why I ask, because we need to go to state of the good mood, yeah. state of the mind. Yeah. And now, my last question is, Nesh, how to maintain a good mood? That's probably the most important question, because it's not just getting there, but maintaining it. That can be a challenge. And there are a few things that we can do about that. Of course, basic stuff is being physically active, healthy eating, good sleep. These are all essential for maintaining good mood. But also, it is really important to prepare for possible challenges. Not every day is going to be sunshine. We are going to face certain challenges. And to maintain good mood, you shouldn't turn blind eye to that, but prepare yourself. What you do, if somebody yeah. or something, try to undermine your state of mind. So, for example, you are in a mood to do some work, you wake up enthusiastic, 
energetic, you're ready to do some work, and the phone starts ringing, or the neighbors knock on your door and so on. What do you do in those situations to avoid these external factors spoil your mood or spoil that kind of state of mind in which you are? The other thing that moods often triggered by generalizing one experience. So, for example, your partner upsets you over breakfast and then you project it, brief and localized emotion onto other people and situations and your friends and work, life in general. And that creates a lasting bad mood. So avoiding generalization is a good way to prevent your mood being spoiled. Think now what can you do or say to yourself if you are at risk of generalizing. So if you get to the point that something, some small thing can affect your mood, think in advance what you can do to avoid it. So, for example, you can say, I'm going to enjoy my day despite the silly arguments that probably I'll forget about by tomorrow. In conclusion, we need to cherish, nourish, and guard our good moods. Yeah. Thank you, Nesh. I think uh, this was very good talk about moods that our listeners really can learn some of the methods or exercises. And uh, I also want to say they can read all about moods at our website, personalsynthesis.com. We are continuing with our podcast next week. Thank you very much. Thank you, Bobby.